This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots. They're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. A uh, uh, beautiful Bill WD-40 can get in the building. There we go. And uh, who else is here? Pam Harris, thank you for joining us. Crave Dog Ollie, Boxing Tech, welcome to SOR Chat. Thank you for joining us. Number 14 in your program, in your starting lineup, on defense from Patea, Sweden, Lars Janssen. Gordium, nice to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Champ Campbell, thank you for coming on in. We've got 20-some seconds here. Can we do it? Kaysen Lee, where have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. Thank you for joining us. Michael Fontaine and uh, Knight Rider, good to see you here. The Super Chat is open. Hi, Felipe. Cryptid Bob, nice to see you. The Super Chat, once again, is open. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. And give us a thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways. If you're new, hit that subscribe button. We'd really appreciate it. Horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates across North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. We got a power pack show for you tonight. Lily Nova coming on in momentarily to talk about CE5 and ET contact. In hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp with a great story from Swamp Dweller. Tim Senor is in for the UFO report, and Shirky Poo will have the news. UFOs began visiting Lily Nova during COVID while she was out shooting astrophotography. She began documenting these close encounters with her camera, accumulating evidence and investigating the phenomena. As these experiences progressed, she learned about these otherworldly beings and what they look like, how to initiate contact with them, and communicate with them. Oh, she's got aliens. And you know I love people who've got the aliens. Yeah, Lily is dedicated to sharing her findings and experiences with the world 
and to help others initiate contact and connect with enlightened star beings. Lily Nova, you got me wrapped around your little finger right now because I know if you've got some aliens, I know I got aliens. I know many people in our audience have got some aliens. Let's get into it. Welcome to Spaced Out Radio. Hi, thank you so much for having me. That was quite the intro. I appreciate it. And yes, we everybody who is here right now has aliens. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I love it. I love it. You know, because here's the thing. Everybody sits around wondering if they've had contact. How do you create content? And you look kind of learn this, you know, by researching on your own and finding out for yourself. You you are like like me, okay? Except me going back to 2013 and especially in 2014. And we got some serious ground to cover tonight. But this all happened for you during COVID, where I'm going to assume like the rest of us, you were bored at home. We're all stuck. We can't move. You know, we're, we're getting sick of looking at our significant other, you know, and or whatever it may be. And we're just looking for something different to take our attention away. Am I right about that? Is that how it kind of began? Yeah, and everything kind of like fell apart. Um, just I started, I started going out to the stars. You know, that's where I found peace and exploring and learning astrophotography. So yeah, um, if it weren't for COVID, I may not have. You know, the, everything aligned perfectly for what happened. Okay, so what got you into astrophotography? What? Why did you start taking pictures at the stars? Mm-hmm. Well, I've always been an artist, and I've always been very interested in space. I've always felt called to the stars. I loved galaxy everything. And um, around the time of COVID, I found out you can actually take photos of the Milky Way. And whenever I saw that, it just blew my mind that you could actually, you only have to drive like 45 minutes away, maybe an hour out of the city. And it's just amazing. Highly recommend it. So I became addicted. (laughs) I'm not going to then brag to you about how the Milky Way glows over top of my house here in the mountains. Oh wow! I, I'm not. I'm not going to brag that on a on a no moon night that uh, mm-hmm. we got like millions of stars here. Yeah, what the hell? I am going to brag about it because it's awesome. It's awesome. But <laughs> but let's let's get right to it. I mean, when did you start seeing UFOs? How? What happened? Well, it kind of happened randomly. I was it, okay. So it was. A few months after getting into astrophotography, and at this point, I met, you know, I had a, a couple friends. We were all getting into it really heavy together, so we were out there, like, every night that we could. And a few months into that, spending a lot of time out there, um, it was the night before going on an astro trip. And just a random night, about 1.54 in the morning, I stepped outside on my front porch to get some fresh air before bed. And I looked up, this was uh, in November, I guess two Novembers ago now, um, looked up at the stars like I always do, and I locked eyes with a hovering craft, a hovering light in the neighborhood. And uh, I started kind of freaking out, like, (laughs) you know, I think that might be a UFO. Um, It wasn't a planet, it wasn't a plane, so I just watched it, it was hovering And uh, I started recording it with my phone. I didn't have my camera. But 
there was a weird light that appeared at the end of my street, so it, it took my attention away. And whenever I looked back towards the other craft, a second craft had appeared, but this one was much closer. I was bending my neck, looking up at it. It was a diamond-shaped craft. I could see the lights going around it. Um, so it was probably just a few houses down, and it went up, down, side to side really quick, started coming towards me and disappeared above my roof and um that startled me <laughs> that was really mind-blowing but after that shortly after that i began seeing them everywhere they just started popping up left and right good for you getting aliens like that good for you <laughs> welcome you know i mean <laughs> at any time did you feel scared did you feel like this was something a little bit too heavy at that time the, yeah, the first encounter, um, when that second one appeared, because it was so close, I could make out, you know, the exact shape. I could see the lights on it, and it started literally coming straight for me. Um, I was still recording on my phone, and you can hear me. Like, I kind of started shaking. I took a couple steps back, and you hear me say, what the F? <laughs> um, so that shook me up, but after that, I the curiosity... Um, was more than any fear. I just became um, just so curious and fascinated. Well, you know what? It's something that, you know, intrigues us because one sighting leads to a thousand questions. Seeing two in the sky at once leads to 10,000. And the, the, the crappy part about this field for anybody who wants to get into it is there are never any answers. And the minute you have that sighting, you will ha go through this this whole phase of, did I believe it? Did I really see what I saw? We're going through it right now with my buddy Mark after what happened to us this past weekend. And I, mm -hmm. I can tell you, it, it's not a fun feeling because you can't explain what is going on. You could detail it, but you can't explain. When this first happened, obviously you told your friends who you'd been uh, sky watching with, but I mean, what did what did the people around you start to say? Well, uh some of my family members uh were kind of rude about it. They laughed about it. They thought I was seeing a drone. Um even my astrophotographer friends thought, oh, you were just looking at Mars. And I'm like, I've been out every night. I know what Mars looks like. It does not hover, and it does not look like a diamond with lights going around it. Um, but it did. It made me feel like maybe I didn't see, maybe I was imagining things. I've never seen things like that before. Um, but maybe it was something else. So then I left it alone, and then a month later, that's when they started showing up again. And you're right. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense. It's not like anything... That makes sense. It's something very, very different than what we are used to. It appeared out of thin air, disappeared um, in an instant. And that's hard to explain and hard to uh, wrap your head around. It very much is. Uh, did you ever question yourself, your own sanity, your own abilities because of what happened? You know, I mean, this was new to you. I mean, yes, you know what you saw, but when you started taking the heat from others who were around you, people you care about, people who you're supposed to trust, and you're getting that reaction, how did it sit with you? Well, that's when I became determined to capture footage of it. <laughs> so that's that became kind of my motivation. But it was, at times... 
it it was depressing and really difficult. Um, but I just had something in my heart that that I just I didn't care. Eventually, I just stopped caring and I kept pursuing it. Um, and I always knew in my heart because I started sensing like they're trying to tell me something. There's a reason why they keep popping up. And at that time, also, this is whenever news broke about um, UFOs being in the the COVID bill and some other things about UFOs were on the news. And I was like, this can't be a coincidence. All of these things happening at the same time. So um, I just felt really strongly to pursue it. Now, are you still doing this alone or have you got friends that you were working with? Because obviously when you go through something like this, it sends you on a quest. Google's usually the first place we go or YouTube, you know, to try and find information regarding this. How did you start to expand your own knowledge? Mm-hmm. Well, I actually found a book in my closet. I don't know how. I actually found a friend gave this book to me like five years prior. It was something about like the great shift, the great change. And that this was right immediately after my first encounter. It popped to my head and I was like, please tell me there are aliens in this book because I need answers. And I went into my closet and I found it. And sure enough, it did discuss um, life on other planets and how there's a, a a change, a really big change occurring on Earth, um, an awakening, if you will, where these things are going to start coming to the surface. So that was the beginning, and then yeah, I started like looking things up. Um, eventually, I with my own investigating, I found that I started to learn more than even like uh, most people were talking about, like. I don't know, I started to, I began to understand things. And this is after nights and nights and nights and days and months of, you know, kind of researching and investigating. But, um, yeah, the kind of the right materials just started popping up when I needed them. And then I began meeting other people. And that's when pieces really started coming together whenever you hear other people's experiences. Right. So for now, like sitting in your place in the Midwest where you are looking at, uh, you know, the CE5 in contact, how did you get started in this? How did you get started on your own or did it just mm-hmm. come to you? Um, it really just came to me and shortly. So shortly after I realized, OK, these beings are communicating with me and as you go, your your intuition increases. With often with UFO experiences, you develop you begin to develop psychic abilities, um, and you're more able to receive like, kind of like telepathic communication from them. So I was in the the early stages of that, and I kind of just wanted to test things out. It was usually me going out with my camera, wondering if they were going to pop up. Thinking about th- thinking about them, seeing if they were going to show up, and eventually I was like, I'm going to try and initiate contact myself. And I took a friend out with me, and within five minutes of getting out of the car, a golden orb appeared, and that's when I was like, Holy crap, this works! So then I started initiating contact each day. <laughs> I'm smiling <laughs> because that's exactly what happened to me. Ex- really? Exactly in 2014. And it got to the point where my communication, 
literally led to me being called outside of my friend's house on their 10-acre property and having them turn the lights on on the ground with a landed craft 150 yards away from me. And then, fi- wow. and then five days later, meeting my first extraterrestrial. Ooh, that is so awesome. So, but <laughs> do you consider yourself a summoner? Um, I think I have a, I think I have a special connection with them. And I feel like one of the things that I am finding that my place in is in this is, well, in the beginning, it was showing evidence that with the camera and, and my footage that this is actually happening. Then it's evolved into helping other people connect uh, with these beings. So I feel like um, it seems to be, I do readings for people now, and every time I attempt to find out information or see any beings they're connected with, it always happens. So it seems like there is um, just an agreement that I have, I, I'm like the bridge to help connect people, I feel like. So for you, the fact that they, they, whoever they are, have opened you up, were you psychic before this? Were you, were you someone who was really invested in their own intuition? I wouldn't say that I was psychic, but I was definitely different. I was more intuitive, definitely. Um, I was also more kind of a empathic, um, artistic, a little more kind of quiet, more introverted. Um, so I would say like the early stages of it, but I, I started receiving visions after, um, after about six, five, six months of this, this, uh, the UFO contact and learning to communicate with them more when the telepathy started kicking in. I've never received visions before in my life, but it was also something that I kind of worked at to uh, develop. And I, I believe it's a muscle that everybody can develop. I'll tell you why I like you. It's because you've done this naturally. You haven't, Mm -hmm. you haven't pursued, you know, the big names in order to do this. You haven't pursued, you know, a lot of people get into this field and they, first thing they do is they go after all the big names and they try to name drop. Well, I learned this from, you know, Steve Greer. I learned this from so-and-so. I learned this from, you know, this guru or that guru or whatever. But you've come across this extremely naturally, you know, and I, I find that way more intriguing and, and way more believable because you've you've got to open up and find out on your own. The contact happened to you. It didn't happen through a group. It didn't happen through everybody. Have they ever told you why you? Well... <laughs> yeah, it actually it took a little bit for them to tell me that. But um eventually I found out that the beings and at this point I had seen some of them. Uh, I began seeing them through um visual telepathy. I'd see like I'd see UFOs, I'd see orbs, things like that, but they would telepathically send me images. Um and eventually they told me that they were my star family <laughs> and that I was from the stars. <laughs> I don't and think I had no idea. I had no idea. <laughs> I don't I don't think that's crazy at all. I really don't. I I totally believe you. Totally believe you because you know it, that is what happened to me. 
And, wow. you know, I mean, I lived a happily boring life be- before all of this. I liked my boring life, you know, but but they, whoever they are, they give you this ability to send you on this lifelong quest of trying to to figure things out. And that I think in the end, it's about figuring out who you are within the phenomena. Have they ever told you what your goals are? Yeah, um, and that's uh, also a big thing, the remembering. That's something that they kept telling me, remember, remember, remember. There's, we are just so much more than we could ever imagine, very deeply connected. Um, and, yeah, they, they did. They told me. <laughs> they said it was kind of like Pocahontas to be, to be the bridge between humanity and humans and the stars to kind of help be the, uh, you know, help connect them. Who are they? Well, I've seen quite a few different types of beings. Um, mostly, okay. At first, I was seeing these these beings. They told me that they were from Lyra, the Lyra constellation, and they had light blue skin. And uh, this is the first ET I ever saw. Beautiful woman, light blue skin, and no hair. She was bald. So she looked like a human model with light blue skin, essentially, (laughs) and no hair. And uh, a skin-tight silver spacesuit on, and her crew members were standing behind her. So I saw them a lot in the beginning, and I worked. They were kind of, like, teaching me, like, teaching a toddler how to walk. They were teaching me about the phenomena, who I was, and helping me to develop, um, you know, my gifts and all of that. And then I started seeing um, the beings known as the Pleiadians and beings from Arcturus and even some beings from the Orion constellation, beings from the Andromeda galaxy, <laughs> all sorts of beings. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and Sirius. I almost forgot Sirius. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots. They're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. Ibotta makes it easier than ever for you to earn money while you spend money. With Ibotta, you get real cash back, not points, on your everyday purchases. Whether you're shopping for groceries, clothing, or electronics, Ibotta has cash back for you. Download the free app today and use referral code IHEART to get $5 for trying Ibotta. Ibotta, cash back made easy. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store. <laughs> I have been powdered with grays. I've wow. Se- I have seen, I think, six or seven different grays now. And one, wow. I- and one Andromedan. And wow. maybe a couple of Anunnaki. Wow. <laughs> maybe. That's incredible. Maybe. I'm just going to put a big maybe on that. But the, the idea behind it is this. You know, some of us get chosen. 
you know, I was I was 38 years old when it happened to me. You know, and when my life changed, and and you know, for others, it, it just seems to to come on in and happen. Uh, have you ever? I, I guess since you've only been doing this for a couple of years, they haven't shut you off to anything yet, have they? What do you mean? Well, for instance, like for me and many others out there, sometimes they will shut you down for a while, okay, where they've given you enough information, and then, boom, there's no more sightings, no more contact, no more nothing. And and then, all of a sudden, bang, it restarts out of nowhere again. You know, I had, like, give an example. Up until four weeks ago, I hadn't seen a UFO in years, like three, four years. And then all of a sudden, one night out in the forest, I see a triangle appear right in front of me. And I had three other wit- or two other witnesses with me. And we saw another UFO that night. And then, uh, you know, the next night at home, I saw a UFO standing on my patio. You know, I mean, it just, it, it's like the, it becomes cyclical that they give you resting time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Even after like my first encounter, they gave me a month or two to kind of process that and integrate that. And I call it, now I call it Starseed Boot Camp, where they were popping up all of the time. We became very, very close, and then suddenly it was like, poof, they were gone for a little bit. It does come in cycles, I feel like. But with with, with my work doing uh, readings for people, I can still, you know, connect that way but um yeah they're not always popping up all of the time i feel like it is in cycles lily i'm gonna get you to hold on right there because we are gonna go to break here at the bottom of the hour we are into an absolutely awesome conversation with lily nova ce5 how do you make contact on your own we're gonna find out about this when we return on spaced out radio it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Let's do this thing. Lily Nova continues on Spaced Out Radio next. Boom, we're clear. Oh, dude, I could sit for hours and chat with you. Hours. <laughs> I had no idea that you had similar experiences. I was well, not expecting that. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the That's world awesome. of Dave. Awesome. My woo is very large and in charge. (laughs) Um, That's interesting about the the grays, or maybe we could, I don't know if you want to save that to uh, talk on the air, but whatever. Our, our, uh, you know, our people listening on YouTube and our podcast side, they, they, they probably don't mind, but anything juicy will hold on for the radio side of things. Mm hmm. Yeah, I've just been seeing a lot more gray-like beings. Not not even all grays, different di- all different types of grays, shapes and sizes. More recently, I've been seeing um, an influx of them. Yeah, the weirdest one that I saw. Let's see, how many have I seen? Okay, one, two, three. Four, five. Carl is six. Oh, is that a kitty down there? <laughs> That's Blob. 
Dirty filth, give Blob a little pet on the head for us, if you don't mind. Aww. A very gentle pat for the Blob. <laughs> I love it. Hold on. Doug Shelby is here. The Doug Shelby has arrived 30 minutes late, which means all of your pizza is free on his next delivery. Rafin, how you doing? Mike, good to see you. YOLO, how you doing? Um, I think we're caught up now. Um, yeah, for me, uh, yeah, I think it's six, six and one, six. The weirdest, one of the weirdest ones I saw was just a couple of months ago where it was a gray, but he didn't have black eyes. His eyes were uh, bright green, like the green on uh, your name tag. Wow. Yeah. The whole thing? Yeah. Wow. Hi, Noble Patrick. How you doing? Oh, hey, Clam. Jeff Perry. Good to see you. Yeah, that, that one was kind of weird. And then uh, just a couple, about a week ago, I had this cartoonish type of gray, and it was like blurry. It was like psychedelic. Like, it was all blur. Everything was like blurry. It was uh, kind of cool. Uh, Pete Leibel, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Dave's got aliens. <laughs> I like it. Yes, Dave did get a haircut. Yes, I did. There's no more ponytail. No more putting it down. And uh, trying to find a comfortable spot for my headphones now. On top of my head, it's a little weird. Evening, Bobbert. Good to see you. Hi, Brad. We've got about uh, 90 seconds. Uh, Paranormal Pixie would like to say, hello, Lily Nova. Hi. I, whenever you said her name, I was like, I think, wait, is that who I think it is? Oh, yes. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What did Duke say? Mm, we'll have to learn that story. Uh, Diesel girl, how are you? Uh, we will, alien critter. We will. A magical tale of woo tonight. That's right. <laughs> All right, we got 40 seconds. Thank you to Catfish Times 2 for the awesome super chats. We very much appreciate the absolute love. Guys and dolls, hey, we are going to Vegas May 19th through 21st, the SOR Fan Party. If you want to come hang out with us and talk some really good stuff with really good people, it'll be May 19th to 21st. We're just uh, putting down the details for the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. We want as many of you to come out and enjoy. We're going to try and pull Lily Nova here down to Vegas with us. She's got to come hang out with us and uh, get into the woo with us. And, of course, shop at our store, spacedoutradio.com. And you can get your swag today and uh, look as good as me. 
let's do it. Here comes the next half hour. Second half hour of Space Down Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for tuning us in. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. CE5 and Starseeds, how do you make contact? Our guest tonight, Lily Nova, has really been pushed into this over the last couple of years, figuring out how to summon UFOs and create extraterrestrial fun and contact. Lily, welcome back. Thank you for having me. (laughs) One of the biggest questions that we have going into this show is we have a lot of people, Lily, who would love contact, who would love to see something. They've never seen anything outside of what they see on YouTube or television or the stories that they've heard from people who've had incredible stories. My question to you is, you know, how do you do this? How does it start? Let's go through the CE5 process. Mm-hmm. So if you feel a calling to it, there's a reason for that. Um, you know, you do have beings that you are connected with. Well, you know, they are our, our family. We are connected with these beings very closely, a lot of them. So I think understanding that is one, and also understanding that this is get maybe getting a little woo-woo or spiritual, but this is what the ETs taught me to help me understand everything. We are all one. We are all connected. So we are connected through consciousness as well. So you could connect with a being in another galaxy, essentially, or in another dimension. Um, so I think understanding that and... Really, you can just start out with going outside for maybe 20 minutes a night, looking up, relaxing, getting yourself in a, um, you know, just a higher vibe, blissful state. Or you can meditate. But the first six months I was seeing these UFOs and in doing CE5, I was not meditating. I was going out stargazing and shooting photography. I was getting into a a flow state. So there's another trick. These beings are very high vibrational and, you know, we're, you know, 3D, more dense. So we have to raise our vibration to meet them. Hopefully that's not going in too deep, but um, <laughs> that's kind of like the, a little bit of the science of it. So getting yourself in a, a positive state or a relaxed state helps you to be able to um, communicate with them. And and probably, I, I don't know if this worked for you, but it, it did for me, was, you know, talking to them, 
Just talk yes. to them out of peace, love, and light, letting them know that you had good intentions, grounding yourself beforehand. Because I think what with a lot of people out there, we tend to forget that what we announce can come true. And for every good extraterrestrial out there, there's a lot of bad ones, too. And we don't want to be getting people caught with the bad ones who uh, decide to maybe take them for a ride and never return them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 100%. Uh, I definitely agree with that. That's another really big thing that I teach is you want to be specific. Always say that you are looking to you know connect with beings of the highest love and light. And, and also asking you know, and talking to them. Like whenever these UFOs were popping up all over the place and I was like, I think they're trying to tell me something. I was super new and I remember I went on a walk. I was just looking up at the stars and I just started talking out loud. And I'm like, I don't know if you guys can hear me, but, you know, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Why do you keep popping up? And I just had like a conversation with them and then something happened Right after that, where they showed me a sign that they were listening or they they gave me an answer and, you know, a UFO didn't pop up and say yes, but they gave me an answer and, you know, through a sign or something like that. And you don't really have to yell. It's not like standing on top of a mountain screaming at the sky saying, where are you guys? You know, it's not like that. You can use your own regular volume. You know, you don't need a microphone. You don't need a speaker or a projector into the stars. But for some reason, somehow, just speaking in your normal everyday voice, they're able to hear you with that connection, which is absolutely Mm -hmm. mind-blowing to me. Yeah, and that's... I was trying to figure that out, too, because sometimes it feels like, are they in my head? We have like a direct, we can have a direct link to these beings through consciousness. So, yes, you can just be sitting there talking inside of your mind or talking with a low volume and you can actually communicate with them. They can hear you that way. How long did it take for the entire process to work where you started getting... What's the word I'm looking for? It started getting regular communication. Things really changed the first night that, okay, so my first UFO encounter was November. And then in January, so they skipped they skipped a month to allow me to process that. And then January, I had back-to-pack 12-plus UFO encounters within like a week. And that's when I was like, okay, they're like rocking my boat right now. This is very intentional. Um, so I started heavily documenting them. It wasn't until April. April was the first time where I said, okay, I'm going to try and initiate contact with them. And it worked. As soon as that happened, just everything changed. And I started also consistency um, don't just go out and try it once and then give up. Sometimes you have to try a few times. So I would go out. I started going out at sunset every single day. I would shoot the sunset, film it, and whenever I would do that, they would start popping up. I would begin to feel them. Sometimes I would catch them on camera. And that became a daily practice. So November was first sighting, and then by April, 
is when I started initiating contact daily with them. Okay, let's let's get to something here because I think you said something very important and you started to feel them. What does that mean for people who've never experienced this? What do you mean feel them? It can be kind of hard to explain, but your intuition is a really big key player in this. And so if you have a feeling or a sudden kind of idea um, that listen to that but also so I would I would begin to feel sometimes it would feel like love just pure very very um, positive loving feelings it would make me cry <laughs> but uh, you know whenever they went they were nearby but it's like that intuitive hit you begin to just feel something okay when you say uh, when you say feel something, was it okay? Like I know a, a good friend of mine, Samantha Mowat, who is somebody you need to know and you need to, to, and you and I will talk about her. Okay. She sees blue butterflies. She see, it doesn't matter whether it's in the depths of cold winter or whether it's in the middle of summer. Uh, when she knows that they're coming around, that's what she sees. You know, for me, it, it used to be, it isn't so much anymore, but it used to be, uh, are you a Pink Floyd fan? Yes. Okay. On the the album, The Wall, where they say, mm-hmm. is there anybody out there? I used to get that. And I knew within, wow. I knew within 24 to 96 hours that I was going for a ride. Wow. That's incredible. You bring up a really, really good point. It's it's different for everybody. What I found in talking with people, coaching people with this, and just hearing other people's experience, just like um, you said, the, the one girl, the blue butterfly for you, the pink Floyd, they communicate in different ways. It's unique to you. Um, you just kind of got to catch on to it, acknowledge the the signs. They began communicating with me. I almost forgot about this, but this was a really key piece of it before it was as the telepathy was beginning and I was starting to receive kind of like little messages from them while I was making contact, but they began communicating with me through the clouds. They would show me that they were there with clouds. They would show me, um, often they would show me a big eye in the sky, a cloud that was shaped like an eye or a cloud that was shaped like a heart. And that's how they were communicating with me. And that's how I knew, um, you know, get out the camera. They're here. And and whenever I saw that sign, I would. And then I would just kind of connect and, and I'd feel them. What kind of craft do you see in the sky? Well, some of them have just been, it's been um, a kind of like a variety. So the first one was like a a metal diamond-shaped craft with two rows of lights going across. Um, Some of them I've seen just like big lights in the sky. I have seen some that were like orange lights. I have seen one that looked, some that look like like orbs of light. Uh, Some that look like big kind of blinky stars but they're moving around and I've seen some 
I've I've caught a photograph of one that it was two black triangles. So I've seen that, and uh, and some other kind of like weird looking things. <laughs> I have never seen an actual like flying saucer. <laughs> Neither have I. I, I <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, I feel a little pissed off about that. I do. Probably the strangest one that when when we were with our our group um, was this giant translucent orb that was floating, and it was it was funny. We were we were coming out of the forest one day when we um, where Samantha Moat and I were kind of showing our our meditation group where this ET was standing comparatively to where I was uh, myself and Samantha were standing. We come out of the forest and my friend Dave looks up in the sky. It's a beautiful clear blue sky, no clouds around and he sees this beautiful translucent orb, you know, way up there. And, you know, not where it was small. I mean, it looked like about the size of a golf ball. He went inside, grabbed his binoculars. We could zoom right in on it. You know, and we're thinking, okay, is that a weather balloon? Is that is that something? And it was right over the farm. So about half an hour later. This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots. They're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic's going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Uh, I had to head home with my partner and uh, because our little boy was, was uh, you know, he was only six months old, uh, hanging out with grandma at that time. And so we, we go and, um, and we, we go home, which is about, you know, five miles away. And I go out on my patio after pulling into my garage to look for this orb. I look towards Dave's house, can't find it. Looking all around the sky, cannot find it. I look up, and now this orb is above our house. Mm. And it stayed there for three hours before moving north and moving on, wherever it went. Wow. And so that's probably the strangest one that I have seen outside of the triangle craft and, you know, these rods and all that kind of stuff. But 
But the fact that you are having a multitude of different contact, do you think it's different contact species or do you think it's the same ones but in different craft? I think it is a variety because there was a period whenever I began developing my third eye, began working on the ability to um, better receive the telepathic images. I'm very visual. I receive a lot of information through um, visuals. It's different for everybody. You may be more, uh, you may be able to hear them. Some, I know people who can actually hear their voices um, or just sense them. I started seeing all different shapes and sizes, like different ETs. Every time I closed my eyes, I was being contacted. Um, so I think it is a variety, but I think, and I'm learning more about this as I go, there is a, there's a few crews that are working with me more closely, but I, so I do believe it is, it is a variety, but there's probably a good handful that are the OGs that know me. (laughs) Do you think they have been with you a lifetime or do you think that they have just found your signal, like a Kmart blue light special that's been shot up in the sky, and they're like, "Well, let's let's see what this uh, this light brings us." What do you think it is? <laughs> uh, they've told me that they've known me for a long time. Okay. Yeah. And Ex- there was something uh, s- something also interesting. They told me that in, so I didn't know that reincarnation was real um, until I started, um, you know, learning this. And they started showing me things and showing me other lifetimes or parallel lifetimes because time's all happening. Everything's happening at the same time anyway. Time doesn't, time is an illusion. Um, And so in past lifetimes, other lifetimes, these I've I've made contact as well. So I think it's kind of like it seems to be, I'm guessing, a reoccurring thing that happens. Right. With me, if that makes sense. I, I think it makes total sense. You know, have you ever been afraid by this? Like maybe pushing the doors open a little too far and being who you are because you are on this journey. If I'm correct, you're on this journey alone. Are you afraid of pushing the doors open a little too far and not being prepared for what you're going to see? Well, I tell them because <laughs> I just moved into I just moved and um, I'm living on like by myself. This is my first time living by myself. And uh, I tell them, don't sneak up on me. <laughs> don't like sometimes I can feel them. And I'm like, don't do not. I, you know, I've been asking. I want to see them face to face. Um, and I have begun to see them just in the past like month or so. I'm starting to see their silhouettes. It's it's interesting. It's like it's almost like so. I'll stare up at the at the sky, or even I saw it on my wall the other morning. Their silhouettes, and I'm beginning to see them just right there. And uh, so you know, I, this is a new development. And I'm like, just don't spook me i am not and if i ever feel weird i'm like nope 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 <laughs> and they're usually uh they're respectful so <laughs> well you know what everything you were saying you know uh, my best one of my best friends is named she's been on this show a number of times her name is samantha Mowat, and i really want you to meet her 
you you two would be able to really really understand each other samantha Mm -hmm. is in my estimation the best kept secret in ufology and you know when i met her on april 15th 2014 20 minutes after i met her she walked me into a forest and the and to see aliens for the first time wow that's awesome okay. this was this was <laughs> this was two o'clock in the afternoon she is the real deal and and the way you are portraying that the beings are coming in and you're seeing the glitter against the walls and everything i have been in the room when cement and it's happened in my own house where Samantha has has stated, oh, there, there's my little guy right there sitting on the couch. I turn and look at the at my couch. I'm like, where? And then you see the little glitter. Oh wow, yes. that's incredible. Yeah, it, it's you know, you're the only the second person that I've ever talked to who has seen that, and I have done yeah. over over fourteen, fifteen hundred shows. And you're only the second person who has ever stated that on this show outside of Samantha that you see that. And that is pretty damn special. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> it is. I would love to meet her, by the way. <laughs> now, a lot of people, as we got about four minutes to go here before we go to break, Lily, a lot of people will say, you know, who are listening to this for the first time or may not understand how real the phenomena is, okay, they may say, you know, what kind of drugs is this Lily Nova on? What kind of psychedelics is she using in order to create contact if they believe that you're having contact? I mean, a lot of people don't understand that this is a natural occurrence. This isn't something that you need any sort of you know, psychedelic or ayahuasca or mushrooms to do. Mm -hmm. You need to have a a pure intention and a loving heart. Those are really, and you have to be open-minded. If you're going to knock it before you try it, it's not going to work for you. (laughs) So how have you, you know, because I'm sure in your own research, you've seen it too. Where people are saying, "Hey, I, I want to go on this ayahuasca trip. I want to make you know contact with my higher self." You've been able to do it without it. I know many people have been able to do without. I have been able to do without. Like I've had people come up to me, "Would you do ayahuasca?" I said, "No. Why?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "Well, you know, that way you can you know kind of get what you're seeing in clarity." And I said, "I've seen it in clarity. What do I need ayahuasca for?" You know. But for you, are are you along the same lines? I've never done ayahuasca. Um, I haven't felt called to yet, but I think maybe one day I will. Uh, but yeah, I I agree. Um, I know with like with microdosing mushrooms, that could be all right. I think those I think those could be good tools um, every once in a while. But you definitely do not need them, and I wouldn't use them to specifically make contact that you just need your heart and your pure intention to make contact. You do not need drugs. But I can understand how some people may want to um, use uh, natural medicines like that to assist on their journey. But, yeah, you don't need that to make contact. All right. So for you then, you know, as we got about 90 seconds here, 
for you, is it about meditation? Is it about, is it about, um, you know, just putting yourself in the right frame of mind? Yeah. Um, the universe is, is mental. It's, it seems to all run through consciousness. Everything's consciousness. Um, so learning how to kind of train your mind <laughs> has been, you know, and it takes time and also meditation. Yeah. Just, just quieting down the ego so that you can hear that inner voice, that inner guidance definitely has been, has been life changing. And then also spending a little bit of time at night stargazing helps a lot too. It's amazing when you open up yourself to the stars, it really is. <laughs> Uh, you know, it, it is one of, I would say that it's something that we don't spend enough time doing anymore, is spending that time staring up in the stars and and living and breathing what the universe has to offer. I mean, you never know what you're going to see. I mean, it could be something cool as, you know, take the time to count the satellites, you know, mm-hmm. keep your binoculars out because some of them may not be satellites but they look like them when they're streaking mm-hmm. on past. Learn the speed of the satellites with and their trajectory and where they're going. And if something looks a little out of normal, zoom in on it. It's really that easy. It's really And it's a lot of fun. It really is. Lily, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we are going to bring you back for hour number two here on Spaced Out Radio. And if any of our audience in our chat rooms have any questions for Lily, put them in capital letters. We will get them to Lily in hour number two. CE5 and Starseed. We got a Starseed with us tonight. Lily Nova continues with hour number two of Making Contact right after this. You having fun yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is cool. <laughs> right on. Right on. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're going to take a break here. We've got about five and a half minutes. Dirty filth. We're going to turn it over to you, and uh, we're going to disappear for a while. <laughs> oh, great. Hey, that's what we do, Dirty. Yeah. Just leave, leave the bald guy out to dry. What do we got here? I have no idea what I'm doing. It just comes to me. I put it on the paper. That's what happens. And I'm still full of cabbage rolls. So. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Let's go up a. We're gonna have to go up a shank here, up to the, the point six. Keep that guy handy though. So yeah, we're just doing. We're doing whatever tonight. It's uh, Canadian Thanksgiving apparently. I don't really celebrate holidays. So yeah, uh, I'm also a bad, bad consumer because I think for myself, and I don't buy a lot of stuff. 
Mrs. Filth makes soap, and she also makes bread, so it works out good. How's that working for you there, Safeway? Anyways. It was a great, great long weekend for us Canadians here. Pretty much most of us are pumped up in anticipation for hockey season. Speaking of hockey, Bucky be here Wednesday, Dave. Make sure you keep notes here, or somebody else keep notes for Dave. Going to the Oilers opening game. Pardon my French, Dave, but going to suplex Vancouver right into the ground. So yeah, won't be here Wednesday. Did I say Tuesday? May have said Tuesday. Whatever. Won't be here Wednesday. Opening game. Sports. Free tickets. I don't ever pay for tickets, but if I get them for free, somebody feels bad for me. They bring me. Excellent. I'm right in there. So, yeah. I will draw a random cartoon, though. At said sporting event. See, just drawing a whole bunch of UFOs over a city. We got the first one. This is the Corbell. That's his little pyramid UFO. That we never heard anything else about. So that's that guy. And the old black triangle. Oh, we gotta go. Cut down a little bit here. A little more. A little more appreciative. Yeah, zing, zing. Look at that. Random UFO there. The little beams underneath him. That's actually a star. It's not a UFO, this one on the side here. But you guys get to hang out and listen to my brain go at a thousand miles an hour. Canadian that uses miles an hour. Unbelievable. It looks like a tic tac. Ooh, this one's the Brazilian glow belly. The Brazilians have all the best UFO stories, and nobody believes them because they're like, nobody cares about South America, whatever. They're just, it's just the Amazon down there, and never mind Argentina and all its super sexy UFO accounts. Nobody cares. They're all worried about, I don't know, guys with tight beards and. Long hair and whatnot. Nonetheless, so working out great. Quite well here. Dirty. What am I finding out from uh, from uh, uh, the the clam that that you're going to the opener on Wednesday? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to the Oilers opener on Wednesday. 
Huge. Not going to be here, Dave. Sorry. I expect uh, minute-by-minute updates here. Yo. (laughs) How much swearing can you handle? Oh, that's all right. Hockey season's here. It's allowed. All right. And Friday is Front 242, the Belgian legends. All right. Perfect. Be quiet. Fine. Just mute yourself. I'm, I'm tired of you now. All right. Thank you, Catfish Times 2, for the super chats. It's really appreciated for your support on uh, Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody, if you don't mind, we got like 190 people watching. Give us a thumbs up, thumbs down. We really appreciate it. It helps our algorithms. Here we go with our number two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Reptant. Reptant is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Let's continue on tonight. Lily Nova is here. CE5, what is it like to make contact with extraterrestrials and off-worlders from wherever they are? Lily, thank you so much for joining us tonight. This is very, very awesome. It really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much enjoying this. <laughs> really cool people and great people in the chat as well. So shout out to you guys. <laughs> they are loving you. The chat room is loving you so far. They really are. And, you know, I think, you know, Dave is having a power thought here. I think one day Dave has to bring Lily Nova and Samantha Moet together on the show to bring this all to the forefront. Because Mm -hmm. here's what I think, Lily, you know, I absolutely hate what's going on politically regarding this subject. I really do. I think that they've made it a spectacle. I think that there is a giant cover-up that we are hiding behind the word disclosure on, on what's happening on the political front with UFOs. And I really do believe that it's experiencers such as yourself, Samantha Moet, myself, and many others who are listening to this show and others who have experienced what we have, who are the ones who really truly have a lot of the answers to what is going on regarding the phenomena. You know, for you, before we get to some audience questions here, you know, do you think in depth of what that contact means? Do you ever wonder why you and and why you were chosen to be one of the leaders of this message? Well, yeah, and it took me a minute to um, 
really fathom it and believe it. Uh, they kept popping up. They started communicating with me. And I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? As soon as I asked, because I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. What does this all mean? As soon as I asked, I looked up and I was crossing a a street and the sign said revolution. And it just gave me chills. And I really knew. And, you know, other signs and things like that. Um it's it's much needed right now and like you said we we are the disclosure the ets have told me whenever we start coming together and sharing because we all have this episode is brought to you by blundstone the legendary boot brand that's known for quality comfort and durability rain mud commuting trekking across town or out for a hike no matter where life takes you blundstone's take it all in stride for over 150 years blundstone has walked a path less traveled our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be they're not just boots they're blundstones discover our range of chelsea and lace-up boots at blundstone.com Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, First of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to have a piece of the puzzle that's one of our things are going to go really really quickly um so yeah I, I have asked why me now I fully embody and accept it <laughs> and I'm, I'm here for it we live in exciting times we really do live in exciting times, that is for sure. Let's let's get to a couple of questions from our audience here. Let's start off with Kason here. And Lily, hearing that you do sound healing, what's your opinion on distance energy or Reiki healing? That's a really great question. And I wasn't sure what I thought about that at first. I had no experience with it, but... The ETs showed me to, they guided me to get a singing bowl and to start doing the live activations that I do on my channel every Sunday. And they taught me about channeling and you can do it from a distance. And just from, it just blew me away reading the comments and experiences people were having through doing a live activation, live guided meditation with me, having all of these physical sensations profound experiences. I think it's something that uh, innately we can do. We're just beginning to tap into it and it will become much, much stronger. It's it's mind-blowing what you can do from even a distance, especially with sound. They've taught me everything is frequency. Frequency is 
number one. There's a frequency for everything that can that can do anything, probably heal anything, could levitate the pyramids. <laughs> so it really comes down to uh, frequency. It, it really does. And it's, it's kind of weird the way that their communication is all about sound. It's about feeling. It's about, it's about energy and consciousness. Have you delved deeply into your own consciousness to try and, and understand, you know, the true meaning of what contact means? Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I've been exploring it because originally I came from a science background. I'm open-minded, but I got a dietetics degree, um, but I've always been intuitive. I, I see, like, the bigger picture um, and honor, you know, that that intuition. Um, but, yeah, it... So exploring in my mind, it's, it's, it's just mind-blowing. It goes, it goes so deep. But essentially, we are all consciousness. We are all connected. And these are our star families. And some of these beings are actually... I've been visited by an ET version of me from the future. And it wrecks my mind trying to, you know, f- figure all that out. It is pretty mind-blowing. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever if that answers that? <laughs> well, well, let me let me ask you this, okay? When when you are are looking into finding your own answers regarding whatever it may be that you are trying to solve for that day, week or whatever it may be, who do you go to for your own confirmation that you're on the right path? Mhm. Yeah, that's a great question. So at first it was very much because I wasn't very spiritual before this. The ETs taught me spirituality, and that blew my mind because I'm seeing UFOs. Um, I begin communication with them. The first thing that these ETs, whenever communication deepened, what they told me was, you need to work on your heart chakra. <laughs> and I was like, what ETs are telling me to work on my heart chakra? So there's really something to it. Um, these beings are very spiritually evolved um you know the benevolent ones a lot of the ones who are popping up and assisting with um with earth right now and but so at first it was very et oriented and then i began developing my own spirituality with in connection with source i've been visited by jesus and other types of beings. I started seeing angels. It wasn't just ETs. So now I communicate with a variety. And whenever I'm going to answers, you know, I'll ask star family sometimes, but really I go straight, straight up, straight to the higher self, if you will. And, and you really just have to talking with them. Like you said, you can talk to your spirit guides. You can talk to God. You can talk to your angels. Um, there's so many beings that are around us, we just can't see. And everybody, we all have a piece of source within us. We all have access to that. It's just kind of been like cut off and we need to learn how to reconnect with that again. So that's that's mainly where I go. I ask for guidance. I keep an eye out for the signs. I may um, meditate. And it's crazy because ask and it is given. <laughs> You just have to be open to receive and keep an eye out for the signs. 
Excellent, excellent. How did you learn Reiki? I've never had any official training in Reiki. I've never had any official training in sound bowls. I just started winging it. <laughs> and uh, essentially the, the ETs taught me, though, they through, um, you know, whenever they were communicating, they would show me things and, and give me like intuition to try certain things. And then I would witness and experience, you know, the effects of it. So I just kind of started practicing it. So I think it's very, it can actually be very intuitive, if that makes sense. I would agree. You know, uh, <laughs> way too many parallels between you and I. Way too many par- parallels. And it just uh, it just makes me kind of laugh because, it's, you know, you don't know how you're doing it, but you know how to do it. It's like me with astral travel or remote viewing. I've never been trained. I know I can do it because I have. You know, and I've, I've, you know, I remember astral traveling over to a friend's house and we were going to go astral travel together. And, you know, I remember walking up through her door, seeing her cat on her couch, nothing really on TV, walking into her kitchen where there was a bunch of rotten bananas on the counter. And I said, are you going to throw those out? And she goes, no, I'm making banana bread tomorrow. Right. I mean, it's just amazing how all of a sudden you just know how to do it and you've never been trained you've never understood you know you know how to take uh energy or heal people by just putting your hands on them uh you know mm-hmm. i mean do you ever just wonder what the hell is this all about <laughs> of course <laughs> But it's, it's, it's so exciting because what the ETs have taught me is we have so much, well, untapped potential. We have so many gifts that are innate. We've just kind of been cut off from them or we, we forgot, essentially. We forgot that we could do this. So it's all about just remembering. And you can activate all different types of gifts. I think it's infinite the amount of gifts that we can begin to develop. Whether that be like Reiki healing, um, clairvoyance, clairaudience, um, and probably telekinesis. I think we have a lot of exciting things in store for us. And a big thing that the ETs have taught me from the beginning, before I even knew that I was a starseed or or anything like that, they, they started showing me, they were communicating through the clouds, and they started showing me strands of DNA. And they were telling me, it's in your DNA. You have the DNA of the creator. We all do. We have very special DNA. And then you go, scientists will say that um, 95 to 97% of our DNA is dormant or it's junk DNA. And that's just not the case. We have all of these gifts and abilities and wisdom. It's just locked away in our DNA. So that's a big reason why they are here and why they show up. And you may have an, a, a sighting or an experience because they're beginning to activate that within you. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Let's go to Alex's question. Do I have to go out to the forest to summon them, or can I CE5 while sitting on my couch? You absolutely can CE5 on your couch. I do it all the time. <laughs> You may want to try meditation. Um, 
to help boost because really you need to work your intuition and in your um, extra sensory perception like a muscle but as you set your intention on it it begins to get stronger automatically and that will help you because you may be receiving messages but you just don't even know it um there's three ways that ets may be communicating with you and you don't even know it and one of them is through sudden ideas and inspiration. Think like Nikola Tesla, all of his experiences, all of his revelations. The periodic table came in a vision. These are ideas from higher dimensional beings just plop right on your head. They call it downloads. Um, signs and synchronicities is another way. And then dreams or the astral realm is a, a third way. I am having so much fun tonight. I really am. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, Brown Dwarf would like to know, have you ever experienced cryptid activity in or around your areas of sightings or encounters? Okay. Can you remind me what, what exactly is cryptid kind of like the weird like Bigfoot, creature? Bigfoot, dogman, little people, gnomes. Okay, so I have had a Bigfoot experience, and I have had an experience with fairies, which blew my mind. Uh, my Bigfoot experience wasn't, I wasn't like in a forest or anything like that. It happened psychically. I was closing my eyes for bed, trying to go to sleep. And, you know, whenever you get in that really relaxed state, you're slowing your mind down. That's when they like to visit me a lot. They're like, plop, because then I, you know, I, it's just easier to contact you whenever you're in a really, really relaxed state. Suddenly I saw a big hairy arm and I jolted awake. I jumped up. I was like, what was that? And then came, oh, Sasquatch? <laughs> I closed my eyes again and there was this Sasquatch I saw. And they actually had um, a golden orb in their hand and they told me they were doing Reiki healing on me. And uh, uh, a friend of mine who I've met through doing CE5s, he's really big about Bigfoot, and he's very spiritual with it. And he told me, he's like, you have a Sasquatch guide. <laughs> well, that's that's not not out of the realm of being out of the ordinary. <laughs> that's, you know, uh, uh, tell me about the fairies. So, well, I used to love fairies. I had a big fascination with fairies growing up. Whenever I was little, I would draw them a lot. I remember I would leave things out for them, you know, trying to see if they would show up. I read books about them. And um, when my awakening, after the UFOs started coming and I began awakening to all of this, I reconnected with an old friend who is um, learning spirituality in another way more like um she was really big with the fairies really big with different gods and goddesses and um and she, she actually after i started hanging out with her she's super irish too just very there's like mushroom fairy mushroom circles in her backyard in the middle of the united states uh that's when i started seeing fairies and she actually saw one outside of her house in her garden so she like plants things for them specifically for them she has little fairy houses everywhere she's invoking them for sure <laughs> uh and and they you know they showed up and for me they showed up through i've had some of my things taken um they like to be tricksters at times and i've seen them uh via uh visions 
psychically? I have uh, the last fairies I saw was about a year ago, and I had two of them sitting on my fence poles about eight feet apart, one orange and one red. Wow. Just sitting there. Yeah, my area is very well known for fairies, and most people around my area actually still have fairy gardens built for them where they keep they'll take a corner of their backyard and you know their their yards will be like beautifully manicured but this one area of their backyard they keep completely natural you know mm-hmm. with, with the with the uh, the rose hips and and the the flowers and the trees and and everything and and the fairies just love that area love that area yeah that's incredible so like you can actually like invite them essentially by doing that being open to them and you know giving them gifts and and you know setting a spot in your yard and i'd like to mention so the door just flew open after having the ufo experiences fairies angels all different types jesus all these different types of uh just paranormal things so i feel like once it starts you can kind of just blow the door, you know, wide open and, and anything goes. <laughs> you don't know what you'll come across. <laughs> that you don't. Let's get to another question here. Uh, this one coming from YJ. Lily, can you tell us more about the blue alien lady? I think I met her too. Was she really tall and giving off an extremely loving energy? Oh, I love that. So the blue ones... They told me that they were from Lyra, um, the Lyra constellation, and they really did feel like pure love. I have seen ones that they looked kind of similar in height, very, their structure was basically the same. And then I have seen other ones with light blue skin that they looked very tall. Um, I don't know how tall they were, but very tall. Blue is actually a pretty common color. In the galaxy, I feel like I've I've heard a lot of different uh, people talking about experiencing light blue beings. There, some are from the star Sirius, some are from the Andromeda constellation, some are from Lyra or uh, the star Vega. So it's actually kind of a common um, color, I guess. And yes, very loving. It just they they felt like pure pure love. Excellent. Excellent. Let's go to another question here. This one from Cageson. So distance is not an issue. It's same as you performing energy work on person. Correct. That's that's how it that's what I'm finding to be true, yes. Don't you love it when somebody's like hundreds of miles away and then all of a sudden you could like pull whatever it is out of them just to heal them and all of a sudden they're they're walking straight again with with posture? Yeah, you just have to be open to it. And um, so I don't know if it'd work if you were trying to do energy healing on somebody who wasn't aware or wasn't interested. But um, yeah, if you're open to it, yeah, you can be anywhere. We got 90 seconds to go here. Let's get to one more question before we have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Lily Nova is our guest tonight. LGG is asking, can you ask your honored guest? That would be you, Lily. What's your thoughts, Lily, on AI, artificial intelligence, and the future of humanity? 
I don't know too much about the whole AI thing. Um, I know it's controversial. With the future of humanity, what the ETs have shown me, and they actually just showed me a vision of this earlier, um, the massive, like, massive peace rallies or rallies and just massive gatherings. So basically everything is kind of falling apart, the old systems that need to go, and we will begin creating something new, and we will begin coming together. We will begin activating our gifts. Contact will be made with these higher beings as we are ready, and um, I envision a just a beautiful, abundant, peaceful earth by the time we're done. Do you think humanity is ready for contact? I am way on the other side of the ledger on that one. Yeah. Um, well, more and more people are opening up to it every single day and becoming interested in it. But w- there's also something called the hundredth monkey effect where 10%, if just 10% of us are open to it and, and awaken and reach that level of maturity, it's enough to affect the rest of the population since we're, we're all connected, we're all linked together. So we just need to get 10% of people on board and then it will automatically start happening. We have Lily Nova up until the top of the hour here on Spaced Out Radio, CE5, ET Contact. How do we do it? Can we get in touch with our brothers and sisters of the stars? We find out more when we return on Spaced Out Radio. We are clear. I've added you on Facebook, by the way. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're pretty cool. (laughs) You know what? I smell good, too. I really do. (laughs) All right. It's a good show. Hot damn, this is a good show. Ooh, I wanted to ask. Um, you mentioned that you had encountered a being from Andromeda before. That was the first one. Can you tell me? I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I have to take the long version here, okay? Like, there is mm-hmm. no short story to this. So... The farm is where a lot of my experiences happen. This was at my friend's farm, okay? <clears throat> and um, there was a lot of things happening on the farm. A lot of paranormal activity, Sasquatch activity. Um, then the UFOs came. And I was driving there to meet my partner one night. It was April 10th, 2014. And I got off work at 8 o'clock and I was driving out there uh i worked out of town so it was you know it was probably 35 miles uh from my house to to work and then you know their house was another five miles past mine so i was meeting my partner there and on the way home i started getting migraine symptoms and my eyes were killing me. I finally arrived there. I I sat down on the couch. I closed my eyes, 
And my partner says to me, are you okay? And I said, I said, no. I said, I have a migraine coming on. And she's like, well, do you want to go home? This episode is brought to you by Blundstone, the legendary boot brand that's known for quality, comfort, and durability. Rain, mud, commuting, trekking across town, or out for a hike, no matter where life takes you, Blundstone's taken all in stride. For over 150 years, Blundstone has walked a path less traveled. Our iconic boots are designed to be comfortable and durable because they are built tougher than they need to be. They're not just boots. They're Blundstones. Discover our range of Chelsea and lace-up boots at Blundstone.com. Want to stop engine problems before they start? Pick up a can of Seafoam Motor Treatment. Seafoam helps engines start easier, run smoother, and last longer. Trusted by millions every day, Seafoam is safe and easy to use in any engine. Just pour it in your fuel tank. Make the proven choice with Seafoam. Available everywhere automotive products are sold. I said, no, you know, we scheduled to, to have, you know, a visit tonight. And, you know, if, if I'm feeling bad, I'll just, I, we've got two vehicles here. I'll just head home and have a, because normally when I got rid of a migraine, I would, you know, go sit in a dark, you know, I'd close off my, my bathroom so it's all dark. And then I'd put a washcloth over my eyes and then just, let, you know, sit in hot water, uh, sit at the bottom of the tub and let the hot water kind of just, relax my my head and everything and um all of a sudden i realized that it wasn't a migraine it was actually shapes that was pulsating on my head it started off at the front as a square went to the right side of my head as a triangle went to the left side of my head as a circle and about 30 minutes later it was gone but when i opened my eyes and this is now about 10 o'clock at night i had a panic attack that i had to go outside they were there so my, I said this to my partner, I need to go outside right now. There's something there. She goes, can I come with you? I said, no, you have to stay in with our boy. The lady of the house, who I don't talk about because she ended up being just a, a horrible, horrible witch. And literally, she loved considering herself a witch. Um, she was very connected, but very jealous of what I was seeing because I had no idea. And she wanted to be the star of the show. And so she says to her hubby at this time when we were still getting along, she goes, Dave's picking something up. We need to go outside. I said, he's not invited. Hmm. And, you know, so why would I tell somebody that they can't go in the back of their own property? So her and I go into the back field uh, or into the back of the house. There's this old two by 10 horse fence there. And, you know, there's only two houses on this street. Um, there's their property and their neighbors, which is six and a half acres. Their property is 10 and it's kind of horseshoed by forest. And long story short, went outside, said out of God's peace, love and light. Can you please show us where you are? 150 yards away. Uh, the UFO turned its lights on on my command three times. Wow. Okay. Fast forward because we're running out of time. Fast forward uh, by... Five days, we go back to the farm. I meet this young lady named Samantha Mowat. Tell her what was going on. This, I meet her about one thirty-five. By 2 o'clock, she invites me to go into the forest. Four dogs run into the forest ahead of us. My two dogs and the farm's two dogs. And we walk into the forest about 50 yards. Samantha looks around and says, where's the dogs? All four dogs disappeared. 
So we kept going. <laughs> Samantha, we go in about another 50 yards. Samantha hops on this uh, stump. She goes, Dave, I don't want you to be afraid. I want you to look that way, pointing north. Tell me what you see. And I turned and looked, and there was a 10 to 12-foot extraterrestrial 200 feet away standing there. Tall, skinny, big, giant head. I didn't see the arms or legs. And that's where we're going to have to hold the story because we're on in three seconds. Thank you so much for tuning us in. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go, final half hour with our guest tonight, Lily Nova. We're talking CE5, creating contact. What does it all mean? What is it all about, Lily? Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Mm-hmm. Grateful to be here. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to continue on. We've got a couple more audience questions for you here tonight. This one from Kaysen. Lily, are you familiar with the Advaita non-duality teachings where it denies the existence of consciousness? If so, what are your comments? Um, I am not aware of those teachings, but one of the first things that the star beings told me was that we are all one. And conscious, everything is consciousness. So I'd have to say um, <laughs> I don't agree with whatever <laughs> those teachings are then. <laughs> I would agree. I would agree. Everything, the one thing that I've learned about the phenomena over time is that it is all about consciousness. It's all about one. And the phenomena which controls everything literally, literally is something that will will push your limits on everything about life because life is the phenomena the trees the rocks the rivers the the buildings the skylights the the jets that fly over every person every animal every mammal every marsupial they are all part of the phenomena it is uh, amazing to to actually watch and 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 see it happen right in front of you it's whether or not your eyes are open enough and your heart and soul are open enough to recognize it happening 100 percent Mm-hmm. all right let's move on to strange land have you had ufo craft land near you or show you in orb light changing shapes yeah so my second encounter i was i <laughs> I went to an astronomy park by myself. <laughs> this was so I I'd, I'd seen them like a month prior, kind of 
shrugged it off. Maybe I was seeing things. I was at an astronomy park by myself. They're surrounded with cornfields. And then I was sitting in my car about 2 o'clock in the morning. Suddenly, I see these crafts. Um, they were going back and forth on the tree line. And then I looked over. There was another one that way, another one that way. There was, And then I looked forward, and there were new lights in front of me. I was literally surrounded by UFOs. And I watched them, and I recorded them for hours because I was actually, like, uh, afraid to leave <laughs> since I was surrounded. So there was one hovering about 50, 60 feet in front of me, right behind some trees. I didn't get to see the shape of it, but I could see its lights. And it flashed a beam of light. Um, and then these orbs ended up joining together, changing shapes. One, I caught one of them splitting from one into two on camera, and they were just hovering in the field near me. So I actually caught that um, on camera. I haven't seen a ship like close up like a metallic ship or anything like that, though. Hopefully one day. Hopefully. Hopefully. Bucket list. <laughs> hey, it will happen. Just keep putting it out there. Keep putting it out there. I, You know, what's scary for me was it wasn't until earlier this year where I actually saw the blue of the UFO that landed in front of me again. And there was an event in Hawaii where this blue cylinder was filmed sitting in the sky. It made the news there and everything. We talked about it on this show where where literally you watch this blue cylinder shoot into the ocean from the sky. And people were wondering if a, if a plane had crashed or anything, and they sent out search and rescue, and of course nothing was found. But that blue on that was the exact blue that I saw sitting on the ground, and that was the first time I'd seen that blue since. It's pretty incredible. Very incredible mm. indeed. For you, what still amazes you about this entire phenomenon, what you're going through? There's new surprises each and every week. <laughs> um, there's just, there's so much, so, so much. It's it's really exciting. Pushing the limits of what we can do and what we can experience. Um, it's just limitless out there. So that just blows my mind. And it blows my mind how much support we have. I've seen so many different ETs and they just feel like pure love and compassion uh you know at least the the positive ones i know there's duality but um it's just such a pure loving feeling and so a lot of these beings they're sincerely looking out for us and i think that's just the it's like the best feeling in the world now you don't know if you've been taken officially yet or not well i know that i go on the ship at night sometimes I have not, I asked them, there was actually one uh, recently, like about a month ago, they told me, you're going on the ship tonight. And I said, well, can I remember it? And they were like, nope, <laughs> because it would be shocking and it could be distracting. But I know I trust them. They do a lot of healing work with me and um, work with my body, with my psychic abilities. So I do know that I go up there sometimes and uh, one day I will you know, consciously Why do you be up there and hopefully get a tour. <laughs> Why do you think that they do not allow us to see any more than what they want us to show? Do you think it's because we're not ready 
or maybe there our our bodies cannot handle what they're what it's like up there what do you think it is i think i think both is accurate whenever you mentioned your headache and like the shapes so oftentimes whenever they are around your ears may ring you're getting higher frequencies they are i mean being face to face with them could actually possibly be harmful um to us if it's too much they're from another dimension it could react differently with us it can give us a headache so i think they are you know we're getting these frequencies in doses and preparing our vessels preparing our bodies um and also they don't want to give us too much at once because it it can be very shocking um and yeah <laughs> some people you know sometimes i was like am i going crazy <laughs> so they give it to us you know at bits and pieces at a time so it's not too distracting Ollie here would like to know, have you ever been scared when encountering or encountered a negative being? Um, I have encountered, I've never encountered a negative ET, but I have encountered negative entities since this. And that's when I really had to learn discernment and being specific and, you know, about who you are communicating with and, also setting up like energetic boundaries, you know, just stating out to the universe, keeping yourself in a higher vibe state prevents that because whenever I had these kind of negative um, energy encounters, it was whenever I was in, you know, like a really negative place. So it's like, you know, I matched up with that. So um, I haven't had that issue, but I have experienced, um, yeah, negative energies before. How do you keep on your path that you were going on without getting fully involved or engulfed in the UFO community where there is so much drama, there is so much backstabbing, there is, you know, so much going on that, that, you know, drives people crazy. How do you do it? Hmm. That's a good question. I was actually really surprised too. And I don't even know the extent of it, but I have heard bits and pieces about drama. I'm not a drama person. Um, so really I focus on, I'm building my community and they are just so wonderful. We're very focused on bettering ourselves and focused on positive things. So they have just been everything to me. And, um, I don't, I don't listen to everybody else out there. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Is it for your own sanity or your own your own benefit of of trying to keep your own communication without it being tainted? Um both. And I just don't really feel that called to um to researching, doing much outside, you know, research or um, you know, listening to I do sometimes, but not enough to know all you know, everything. I probably should. <laughs> Pay attention more, but um, yeah, what, I just don't really feel called to. What is the ultimate goal for you through all of this? What do you want to see at the end of the day? What do you want to happen, not only to you, but for everything? I want to live up to my highest potential. I want to help fuel a revolution. <laughs> I want to 
teach people how to connect with these beings. I'm, I'm a teacher at heart. And I want to help the world heal. So that's, yeah, that's my main focus. And also I just want people to experience the beauty of, you know, connecting and discovering who they truly are. How do you do that, though, when you when you learn that or when you see that, you know, life is life is very difficult. I mean, you know, politically, this is a subject and and this is a a a a a lifetime where where, you know, we are dictated to what we can and cannot do. I mean, through politics, mm-hmm. through law, through everything, there's nothing really free about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can it can definitely be tough. I just, I just, faith is a really big piece of it. Just recentering and having, just knowing, knowing that we have support out there, and knowing that this is not permanent. This is, and everything crappy is coming to the surface right now. Even I'm sure the fighting in between the UFO community or drama, everybody's ugly baggage is coming out to the surface to be exposed, and then it needs to be healed. So I see it for what it is in that way. Um, So it may look ugly, but uh, kind of taking a step back and realizing that it's just a part of the process helps keep me grounded and focused, I guess. Very cool. Very cool. Let's get to a couple of questions here. This one from Uriel. Lily, are star seeds the next evolution of Homo sapiens sapiens? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Uh oh, I hear echo. Um yeah, definitely. And more and more are arriving on Earth each and every day. The children being born are being born with heightened abilities. They're more tuned in. They're you we're gonna find that they're just very intelligent, very intuitive. People are remembering past lives, all of these things. So yeah, it's uh, definitely ascending. It's becoming more star seedy as we go. <laughs> star seedy. Wow. Yeah. All right. Uh, Vaughn is asking, have these beings ever invited you to go with them permanently? No, they haven't. <laughs> Would you go? Um. May, well, I know, I know, I got a mission to do down here, but I would love to go on at least like a a road trip, or a, <laughs> you know, <laughs> take a spin around the galaxy. I fight that question myself. I, I I have a feeling I would go. I've already procreated. You know, I know my children are healthy. I know they're on a good path. I think if a if an alien craft landed in my backyard right now and said, "Let's go," I may go. And uh, you know, it, it it sounds like such a a sci-fi question on whether or not you would, you know. But I honestly believe that if that was my message, if that was my 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 path what better way than to than to die with aliens or at the hand of sasquatch i mean think about it i mean if it, if it's all for naught you know who cares you know mm-hmm. but i mean if there is something better to come up with and i say that with humor obviously you know but if there is something better out there 
if a UFO landed my in my backyard of SOR headquarters right now, I don't know if if it was a one way if I was told it was a one way ticket, I'm pretty sure I would go. See, and that's another reason why they only give us little bits and pieces at a time because if we were to really be with them, we would not want to come back down to earth. <laughs> We'd be like, "Get me out of here." <laughs> So, uh, because it probably is much, much better. You know, they're much more evolved. Um, there's not all of the BS up there that is on Earth. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. But, yeah, I think that's why they're just kind of giving us bits and pieces at a time. <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's a deep, it's a deep, profound question. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. you, you, you know, it isn't about, you know, that I'm dissatisfied with my life here or, or whatever it may be. I have human problems just like everybody else does you know whether it's bills or whether it's you know work or always being tired or aging or you know whatever it may be you know i suffer from depression and anxiety can't stand it that kind of sucks you know but i mean it, it's something that i i would honestly have to have to think about and if it's my call i don't know if i would stay not that i don't mm -hmm. like it here or I miss my friends or my family or whatever, but what's out there? You know, it, it kind of reminds me of James Earl Jones in, you know, the field of dreams when he walks up to the corn and he's debating on whether or not to walk into the corn to see what's out there because it may be lead to his next book. Do you walk in? Mm -hmm. Do you not? I think I might. Yeah, you make a really great point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to Jeff here. Jeff Steve Garvey, he'll hit a home run for you. He's asking, Lily, do you think this is a form of a prison planet, this being Earth? <laughs> kind of, um, but... What what's what's happening here apparently has never been done in the galaxy before. There's a lot of kind of, there's a lot of messed up things that's yes keeping us but it's also it's a story about breaking free and transcending and ascending. So I don't I wouldn't really view it as a prison planet but kind of. <laughs> but we're breaking through that now. We just got to hang in there guys. I think the only way that we are a prison planet is if the extraterrestrials have said you children are a little bit too immature with what's going on down there just yet. We're not going to let you cause that chaos around the universe. That's Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader -leader podcast with CEOs from Adobe, Pepsi, and Home Depot, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. Listen to this insight from Stanley Druckenmiller, the greatest investor of all time. If you love what you do, first of all, your work ethic is going to be fantastic. You're just going to be better at something if you enjoy it than if you don't enjoy it. And this from Brian Cornell, the CEO of Target. I think you've got to balance short-term with long-term. And you've got to have a conviction that the things you're doing, your investments, your strategy, over time, you're making the right investments and right decisions for your brand and your business. 
So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. Where I think we we're probably a prison planet, you know, mm-hmm. rather than you know that we're stuck here because the aliens don't want us to go. I think they do, but we're just a little bit too immature with things like the military industrial complex, etc. Yeah, one hundred percent. Earth's been on a quarantine. Yeah, Shiro sounds or Cairo sounds. I think it's Shiro. Lily, do you hear frequency and different tones in your ears? Not normal ringing. What is it? Yeah, definitely. That was one of the the beginning ways that I, I realized that whenever I started seeing the UFOs, that they were nearby. I would hear um, frequencies and tones and ringing in my ears. So whenever I hear that, I know that there's something going on in there probably nearby. <laughs> it's different frequencies you're picking up on maybe like a transmission you know uh you know you can turn that down right what's that when when the ringing comes in the frequencies come in you just Mm. ask them just say can you turn it down please because i suffer from tinnitus but i know when those frequencies are coming in and if it's too loud or i'm overthinking or i'm too busy all you have to do is say hey can you turn it down please can you turn it down? And you'll actually hear it turn down in your head until it disappears. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Jaden wants to know, what about the soul net? I've seen it in visions. My consciousness couldn't go through it. I am not sure what the soul net is. Me either. <laughs> Me either. Sorry, I don't understand the question. <laughs> yeah, but you obviously have a, a deep, deep connection. How much meditation do you do in order for the um, in order for the contact to be steady and pure? Mm-hmm. Um, well, consistency definitely helps. It's I started off baby steps. I would meditate ten minutes a day, fifteen minutes a day. I kind of worked my way up. Um, everybody's journey is different. You may not need to, you know, meditate for super long, but I would definitely start a daily practice, start off small. Eventually I would, there were, whenever I was really heavily being activated by them, beginning to see them, um, through visions, I turned into a monk and I was meditating for hours at a time, but I don't think, you know, not everybody has to do that. Uh, I'd say uh, an hour long meditation is good. You'll get something profound if you can meditate for an hour. Um, just, you know, work your way up to that. How do you keep your energy positive and clean, you know, so that way nothing negative interferes? Mm-hmm. Setting um, energetic boundaries. There's this thing that they taught me 
uh, and it's in, I made a video on it, uh, a 10-minute exercise, the three keys to connect, and it takes you through, it's like actually like a 13-minute kind of CE5 meditation to help you connect with them. And the three keys are to cleanse and clear your energy because you can have other people's negative energy kind of stuck on your energy field, Um, your families, your neighbors from the collective with all of the chaos going on. I began becoming more sensitive to that and feeling feeling that. Um, So I would cleanse and clear that each day with like a a platinum light, kind of doing Reiki on yourself, Um, a little cleansing, clearing practice, and then connecting to higher realms through the crown chakra. That is your, that's like plugging your phone in to a charger that connects you with the higher dimensions. That's where you uh, can begin to receive communications through the crown. We have one minute to go here. Could you do me a favor and tell everybody where they can get a hold of you or find more information on you? Yeah, so I have a YouTube channel, Lily Nova Starseed. I do live activations every weekend and have plenty of other content that assists with uh, connecting with your star family and talking about these ETs. Um, my website is lilynovaspaceart.com. You can also find in my YouTube videos, there's links in the description, my link tree and, and other social medias. Um, Instagram, I'm lilynova.in.space. Um, there you go. What a pleasure it has been to get to know you tonight. Very much appreciate that. You know, very, very few times in like 1,500 shows have I felt connected to someone. And I, we're going to bring you back on definitely because I got to know more. I need to know more. I need more Lily Nova in Spaced Out Radio's life, and I think our audience does too. So, Lily, thank you so much for coming on Spaced Out Radio tonight. We appreciate it. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on a spooky journey. Then little Timmy Senor joins us for the UFO report. We got it all coming up in hour number three of Spaced Out Radio next. Stay tuned. We are clear. Fantastic job. Beautiful. That was awesome. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, yeah, dude. You're you're the real deal. You're totally the real deal. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's been a uh heck of a trip the past two years. I hear you. I hear you. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a call later this Later this week, I, I want to have a serious chat with you about things, and I'll fill you in on on my stories that I couldn't get too in depth with, and then uh, try and hook something up with Samantha Mowat for you. I would love that. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And where where are you? Did are you li- located in Canada? Yeah, I'm in British Columbia, north of Washington State. Okay, I'm awesome. like halfway up the province, halfway to Alaska, and Samantha's even more north than I am. Oh, wow. Yeah. I may have to come out and visit you guys. I love Canada. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Let's uh, let's chat soon. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Lily Nova, everyone. 
Bye, guys. See you later, though. Take care. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. All right. I'm going to step away for a couple of seconds, and uh, we'll be right back. Doug Shelby, hold the fort. The Doug Shelby holding the fort.
great. Here we go, everyone. Hour number three coming up right now. Let's do this thing. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is underway. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Thank you to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America and digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Reptant. Reptant is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we kick off hour number three and head to the swamp as our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. In 1998, I was in the marching band in Ripley, Tennessee. My friend's mom ran the Sugar Hill Library, a big two-story plantation house that was converted into a library. On days we didn't have band practice after school, my mother wouldn't be able to get off work from her job at a convenience store in time to pick me up. So my friend's mom would pick us both up and take us to the library until she could pick me up. On a typical afternoon waiting at the library, My friend and I would put our backpacks in the children's room, which was situated by an unused entrance next to a stairway to the second floor, and either goof around with the toys in there, play cards, or just do something to pass the time. Still, my friend was sick on one occasion, and his mom picked me up alone. As usual, I went into the children's room to drop my backpack off, but since I was alone, I decided just to grab a book and do some reading. I can't remember exactly what book it was, but I never did finish it. After reading for about 45 minutes or so, I thought I heard something. I thought it was someone trying to get in the front door, which was a common mistake given the doors weren't marked. So I told them they would have to go around to the other door. I didn't see anyone outside, but I heard the noise again, this time coming up the stairs. It's hard to explain what it sounded like, But the closest I can say is it was like wrapping paper when you're pulling it off the roll. I'd never really been on the second floor at that point, so I wasn't aware of what was really up there. But I was instantly curious. We weren't supposed to go on to the second floor, but I figured I'd just climb up to the top of the stairs, see if I saw anything, and if I did see something, I'd just come right back down and tell the librarian. If not, I'd just forget about it and go back on reading my book, 
I have a bad left knee, so I'm not the fastest stair climber on a good day, but I could swear after the first couple of steps I was climbing in slow motion. About three-fourths of the way up, I was hit with this overwhelming sense of unease. It was like I could feel someone's intense hatred of me, like that feeling just before a fight starts. I've seen some freaky stuff in my life before that point. But I just decided to turn around and get my happy butt out of there and go right back down the stairs. Once I got to the bottom of the steps, I felt instantly better. But when I turned to look back up, that feeling seized me again. So I put my head down and walked back to the children's room, where I stayed until we left. Skip ahead to about 2013. The library was moved to a newer, larger facility down the street, and the house on Sugar Hill is now the Lauderdale County Chamber of Commerce. They've switched to using the previously unused entrance as the primary entrance, and the head of the chamber has her office upstairs. They've taken all the bookshelves out naturally, and now one of the room holds pieces of the country's history, such as clothes from different periods, medals of distinguished soldiers, farming implements, and children's toys. What was once the children's reading room is now a smaller conference room where minor business is conducted. A change in my job responsibilities suddenly required me to take my documents there to get the official chamber stamp and signature, and I had to go there practically every other day. I wasn't super thrilled about that, but I didn't have to stay for very long, and I had no say in the matter. For a couple of years, whenever I would go to the chamber, I would meet with the assistant in the smaller conference room that I was oh so familiar with. One day though, in about 2015, the assistant was out and I had to deal with the head of the chamber, a woman named Susan. I walked in and initially went to the small office, but after calling Susan, I was told I needed to bring my documents upstairs to her office. It took everything I had to build the courage to climb up those stairs, but I figured it was easier than getting a new job, so I did it. Susan asked me to have a seat while she completed some other stuff real quick. We exchanged pleasantries and small talk, and after just a few minutes, I decided to go for and ask the question that was burning in my brain. Do you guys ever notice strange things around here? Now, I've been coming here off and on for two years. But up until this point, I've never brought up my experiences to anyone. I expected a laugh, but as soon as that question left my lips, Susan's entire demeanor changed. She immediately stopped writing, put her pen down, looked at me square in the face and said, Why do you ask? I recounted my story to her, and when I finished, she told me about several things that had been going on since she had taken office. She said they would come in the morning and their chairs would be moved out from their desk to random parts of the room, and they would often hear distant muffled laughter. On one occasion, Susan had come inside and heard something squeaking upstairs, and when she went to investigate, she found a tiny antique tricycle rolling itself around her office floor and stopping right in front of her. A few weeks later, after things had continued to happen, Susan had looked into the house's history, and when she told me about it on my subsequent visit, there was a particular part that stuck out to me. The house was initially built over a hundred years ago by a wealthy landowner, and he moved in with his two daughters. His eldest daughter, who was married to a man she didn't particularly care for, and because women were viewed in those days more as objects, her husband became the heir to their fortune. After the father died, the daughter became increasingly more frustrated with how the husband handled their futures. 
One day, the husband was on the second floor arguing with his wife and then he fell down the stairs. It was broadly speculated that she pushed him in an attempt to kill him. He ultimately survived, but he was permanently crippled at the point to where he could not care for himself. He died a few years later and the wife was also suspected of having a hand. Let me tell you, when I heard that bit about the stairs, every hair on my body stood straight up. I immediately thought back to my experience on the stairs and how it felt at the top and bottom. To this day, I've never gone back up to the second story of that building. Activity allegedly continues to this day. Chairs periodically move overnight and some children's toys impact their own. There was an instance when they were renovating and the incident started escalating. At one point, Susan left her office and when she got downstairs, she realized she had forgotten her folders on her desk. When she went back upstairs to collect them, the entire floor was covered in dead flies. Creepy at its best. That's why we love the Swamp Dweller here every Monday through Friday to kick off the third hour of Spaced Out Radio, and it is always intense. Yeah, you can check out thousands of Swamp Dweller stories on his YouTube channel going to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads, and I'll tell you, Go hit subscribe. He, he's... Want to avoid boat engine problems? Pick up a can of Marine Pro from the makers of Seafoam Motor Treatment. Just pour it in. Marine Pro works to help engines start faster, run smoother, and last longer. Protecting your boat engine investment has never been this easy. Marine Pro, complete marine fuel system treatment. Ask for Marine Pro wherever marine products are sold. Seafoam! Push it on 280,000 subscribers here. So, you know what? Why not? Check it on out. All right. It is time once again for us to head off to Oregon for Tim Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Timmy Cedar is back with the UFO report. And what you didn't see on the radio side was Tim on camera putting his uh, foot up because when we were in Las Vegas earlier this year together, you know, heading out, uh, you know, to the terminals, we stopped in we to this sock store in the, uh, in the Vegas uh, airport at, uh, and I bought him a pair of Sasquatch socks. So he was just showing them off. You know, Tim, uh, always appreciate you coming on this show, man. How you doing? Doing really well. Dave, it's great to see you, buddy. Dude, I have to tell you in the audience about our weekend. I have yeah. to tell you. So the past six weeks, as everybody knows, I've been going out to my Sasquatch gifting site. So on Saturday night, there was myself, my son, Mrs. S.O.R., there was my buddy Mike and my buddy Little Marky Spender who were hanging on out. And Mike built a nice bonfire for us to stay warm, even though it was still a pretty warm night. So much different 
than tonight. Like I had the studio window open tonight and finally getting that, that crisp Arctic air tonight. And it just feels so beautiful. I missed it, you know, but it it goes to show that I'm probably going to have to wear a hoodie, you know, now coming on because the studio gets really warm during the show. So here we are and we're, we're out there for about an hour and way off in the distance, Mark hears a crack. Like a like a piece of wood snapping. So we put up our flashlights. And my son is there, Mark is there, and me. And there's this thing standing on a logging road, about 10 to 12 feet tall. We got the full torso, the shoulders, and the cone-shaped head. Now you have to realize this was probably 90, 100 yards away. Maybe at a short distance, 80, at a long distance, 110 yards. And we watched this, and we held it there, and it just stood there. And then, you know, Mike comes walking up, and, you know, you kind of accidentally move the flashlight, and he brings his flashlight up to that same spot, and this thing is now crouched down. So we decide we're going to move up on it uh, just a few feet and we're checking out the area, you know, and it's right there. It's right there. And we put our flashlights up again and it is gone. Never to be seen. About 15 minutes later, way off in the forest, you got to realize we're in a place. Yes, it's hunting season. Yes, there's people camping out there, but we're in a place where there is nobody. Not a soul. And way off in the distance, we hear, Woo! Ten minutes later, Woo! Not, Hoo! Hoo hoo! We're talking, Woo! Like Ric Flair is somewhere out in the forest, wooing Sasquatch. So, We went back there today. We skipped yesterday. We went back there today in the daylight. I got some photos of the area. And I'm going to try and bring these up here um, just on my phone. And I will describe them for our radio audience. Hold on. Face ID. I guess talking through a microphone doesn't uh, help the face ID. And let me just scroll here. Found a number of interesting tracks here. Number one, if you've never seen a grizzly bear track, they're pretty big. And the difference between a grizzly bear track and a black bear is the size of the claws. You can see on this photo, the claws are pretty big. And then the next photo we got is of a black bear track. You can see the difference with the nails kind of just poking out into the dirt. But then there was a couple of others. This one is tough to see. But if you look closely, 
That is a left footprint of a Sasquatch. You can see the dermal ridge on the other side right there. I'm sorry I'm shaking so much. Okay? But there's one print. And then here was the second print that we found today. Oh, yeah. Those are... And and about how big are these prints in your estimation? These were probably about 15, 16-inch prints. Now, the area where we go is beautiful. There are... It has everything that you would want to see in a Sasquatch habitation. It's got a lot of wildlife. You know, this area has wolves. It has rabbits. It has porcupines. It has moose. It has deer. It has mountain lions, lynx, bobcats. It has coyotes and and foxes and all sorts of of vegetation around along with a couple of marshes. Now those marshes don't have fish, but they do have birds like ducks and geese and all sorts of living creatures. So this next photo where I'm showing, this is the area close up of where this creature was. So if if you look right here, okay, In the middle of the screen, you're going to see a tree, a little green tree, kind of going on an angle. I see that tree. It was was to the left of that tree. Okay. And are you standing about where you were? Not at this time. So the next photo that we took, I took this photo here. Okay. You'll see the green tree that's leaning over. And way in the distance, you'll see our vehicles. That's probably, uh, let me get it zoomed in here. So standing on this bed of dirt, Mm -hmm. right along a forest line, way in the distance, you'll see our vehicles. I see that. The vehicles is approximately where we were standing. And I'm where, and you are where we believe this creature was. There were Mm -hmm. no other footprints in that area. There were no other. Uh, trails or anything. We, we're still trying to figure out how he got out of there because if he would have went into the tree line that was immediate to which would have been his left, there would have been a lot of old knocked over trees and logs. Like that logging road that he is standing on, uh, it was it was rebuilt during the forest fire season last year where they were pushing over trees to make uh, forest fire guards. And you heard nothing leave is we what you're nothing. saying. You would we have heard, heard more. We heard right. nothing leave. Interesting. I mean, you're a researcher and investigator, so you, you were able to keep a pretty cool head and get as much detail. I'm assuming, unfortunately I'm, you usually say that you don't go prepared to take video or, or film at any point did, any of you consider or were able to, I understand this, this was night and you were lighting it up with your flashlight. So it would have been a tough thing to film, but did you consider it? You know what? At that point, the reason why none of us had our phones with us 
is because that area, Tim, has very it has no signal to any type of to any type of um of cell phone. Okay. So we yeah. normally we don't even keep our cell phones with us on us at that point, even though we probably should, because of the fact that they're you know, when you're there at night you're seeing pure darkness. The only reason why we were able to see him is because it was the day before the full moon. And the way the moon was positioned in the sky, it, it lit up that area. That's how we were able to see him right off the bat. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see any movement? We did not. Like, see- are you? Sh- no. You never saw any movement. He was still as anything. Hmm. He was still as anything. Is there anything else that signaled you to its presence? Any odor or no odor. any eye glare? Did no. you ever see the face? No, like 110 feet or yards away, dude, or 100 yards away. Right. We didn't see right. anything like that. There was no odor. There was no wind. There was no nothing that was. What about other through. animals? Like, was it kind of a. Like, was it strangely silent? Were there other animals? Yes, no. Would you expect it? Was there anything out of the ordinary for the evening? Nothing out of the ordinary except for the amount of satellites. No UFOs, no nothing. It was just one of those nights that uh, that was just, it was a perfect, it was a perfect night. It really was a perfect night for for all of us being there. And it was a, you know, the one thing I will say that was pretty cool is the energy felt very, very curious. Now, after we got out of the forest, I talked to Robin McRae, who's going to be our guest here on, on uh, later on this week, talking about uh, Sasquatch. And, it was amazing because my buddy Mark, he is very skeptical. He's much like you are, Tim. Okay. Let's look for logic before we look for woo. And, and what was his response? His response was, I saw a head, I saw shoulders, and I saw a torso. And wow. Mark is the type of guy, if you get to know him, okay, like – any anybody who wasn't there that night will say, "Well, it was a black bear or a grizzly standing on its hind legs." Mark, out of anybody, is going to know. Mark is very skeptical. He is very very uh, knowledgeable. After spending forty years hunting and fishing and being a a hunting guide and animal tracker on Vancouver Island, okay, he knows his stuff. And he was, after talking to Robin McRae, very much convinced that we saw Sasquatch on Saturday night. And how did you guys kind of respond after this? Were you nervous, excited, scared? Very excited. Any? Very excited. Yeah, no fear? There was nothing to fear. There was absolutely right. nothing to fear. There was no, no real... Uh, we got more scared by one of the wood owls that was hooing and really weirdly around us. Okay. Right. Then we were about this sighting of this creature. It was amazing. Absolutely. It sounds so amazing. exciting. 
We have a UFO report to get to. We will do that when we return. I'm going to break down this Sasquatch story later on this week with Robin McRae because she plays a part of this. It's going to be pretty wild and entertaining when you hear it. But Tim Senor gets right to it with UFOs when we return for the final half hour of Spaced Out Radio next. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Mighty SOR. We're clear. Yeah, dude, it was it was outstanding. Going back there today and, and then finding those two prints. Uh, yeah. And... And then uh, I took a bunch of pictures because I sent Rob in that area. Uh, I, I wanted to get both her and Super Duke from World Bigfoot Radio um, just a little view of the area of, you know, that that's surrounding us. We're in a pretty open area. And it's just um, amazing. Quick quick question. Do you know how to take an eDNA sample? The, the kits are... Uh, free, but to have the analysis done costs. No, don't but know. you should do an eDNA from those footprints. Yeah, I mean, and by the way, it is. Uh, thank you to uh, Super Duke for telling me to get my ass back out there in daytime uh, to go yeah. look for prints, and found the two today. So that was pretty cool, dude. I I think the next step, if you've got something great like that and it's fresh, consider doing an eDNA test because wouldn't that be so cool if you could prove other it just it'll come back other i'm pretty sure those you know if they can't confirm it as something they'll just come back as other so that'd be cool we should do it um mike errington dave i heard you talk to a guest you'd be okay with a sasquatch ripping you apart earlier this year yeah man that's <laughs> a good death who gets to brag about that i do oh, i no. get to brag about that Dude, that would be a horrible way to go, getting beat up with your own arms. I'm okay with no, that. No, thank you. I'm okay with that. Dude. No. No, but dude. It's terrible. Don't do it. Don't don't feed yourself to a Bigfoot. It's a horrible idea. I will tell you this. I would love for you to bring the motor home into this area. Oh, yeah. Right? And use it for Sasquatch research. Sure. No, not just that, but, could... but dude. The... Oh, you've got UAP. Right. Yeah, no, we we got UFOs up here. That's great. We don't have that real deal. We don't have that Americana down there. Penny right. Van, how are hey. you? And uh, Super Quest, how you doing, buddy? Well, I should tell you, yeah. um, since we have so little time, I'll do this one very briefly. Um, I saw a great film um, called Significant Other, and it's not what I was expecting, but I will tell you, it was filmed at Silver Falls State Park and the Oregon coast right out here, right in my hotspot that I'm filming, you know, oh, wow. that's not a big secret that I'm filming out here in Oregon and um, the film without giving too much away um, has orbs and aliens and chases in the forest and beautiful nice. Oregon coastline scenes and stuff Nice, it's called significant other. And it's pretty scary and it's cool. And it's about the hotspot that I'm currently filming in. Well, so, next year, it's weird. I, I'm, I'm get one of my, one of the things Mrs. Sor and I want to do next year is we want to buy ourselves a an RV trailer. And uh, hi, Ruby Red Wings, how are you? Um, and so, uh, little Marky Spender has a trailer. 
and then we want to get ourselves a uh, an RV trailer as well, and we want to actually go spend a few weekends out there just to yeah. um, so see what it's like. I mean, like the RV that we have, there's no sleeping quarters. We tore all that stuff out. It's all just gear. So we usually, I mean, it, like theoretically, I'm pretty sure Greg O'Brien was sleeping on a little couch in there, but mm-hmm. we would we would tent it up in it, you know, theoretically on something long-term like that and then just run out of the RV, which has heat and AC. But um, yeah, we tore everything out of our rig and uh, it's all just nerdy gear space. (laughs) But yeah, dude, you should definitely get an RV. Roll on down here, hang out with Grantavius and me and the team. Be so much fun. By by team, I mean me. (laughs) It'll be me and Grant. Roasting marshmallows, searching for UFOs. <laughs> oh, I want to. I want to. It's, Here, it's here's my pro- Here's my problem, okay, is hockey season is now among us. And, mm-hmm. you know, so next You've week. You've got a commitment. The next, two, right. the next two weekends, I'm having to go out of town for my boy. Just so he, cool. could, just so he could go play hockey. And, uh, the, awesome. now the good part about it is, you know, even though I am, I've changed my ways and I'm, and I'm, I'm dieting and I'm doing a lot of different things now, cut my hair and work it out at the gym this past weekend. And I can't wait to get back. Uh, there's a cool. taco bell in their town. Oh, I, I mean, uh, once in a great while, yeah, dude, it's fine. Yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to, I'm going to have to. Yeah. All right, guys. No big deal. We have uh, we have about uh, five seconds here, and then uh, we'll kick things off here. Hold on. Sounds great. Third, we're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you for joining us. Want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Little Timmy Cedor is back. He's got the UFO report coming up right now. We're going to start off where the U.S. Chief Medical Examiner is making some comments about aliens and Walter Reed Hospital. That's right. And so Anthony Brigalia has a website called UFO Explorations, and it's bringing this article to us. And so that's right. The UFO Chief Medical Examiner is talking about alien specimens from UFO crashes held at Walter Reed. And so the world-famous Walter Reed is the nation's premier military medical center established in 1909. And it is also maybe the location that houses extraterrestrial tissue samples. 
And so the government doctor who claims this will be named here and now also says that other information points to these tissues having been collected from the dead pilots of the UFO that crashed near Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. And so Dr. Chris Green, better known as Dr. Kit Green, is the person to whom Dr. Stahl, who is the uh, the researcher that actually did the pathology on these alien tissue samples, Dr. Kit Green is the person to whom Dr. Stahl told of the alien tissue storage at Reed. And so a noted fr- forensic physician, Dr. Green, is currently the assistant dean of the Wayne School of Medicine in Michigan. And so you're a little familiar with Kit Green, I'm sure. Yes. And so, again, um, this is kind of one of those stories that we have coming between two people. And so when Kit Green uh, met Dr. Stahl and they were walking through uh, the, the, the corridors there um, at Walter Reed, uh, they walked about the campus discussing forensics and Dr. Stahl stopped in the parking lot lifted his arm and pointed to the pathology building and made a very serious comment to Dr. Kit Green in a very serious tone. Looking at Dr. Green, he said, and this over there is where the alien tissue samples are stored. And more than that, he refused to say. But Dr. Green was a security-cleared person himself and seems to feel that Dr. Stahl caught himself rather than speak himself out of turn further. And further diverted the conversation. And it may have been thought that perhaps intentionally Dr. Stahl gave this information over to Dr. Kit Green. And so it's very interesting. It's a little bit another one of those hearsay stories, but it comes from the very source and it feels fairly credible. And it's not the first time we've heard this story. And so Dave, before I further on in the notes here, what is your initial response to this? Wow. I mean, this yeah. this is something that is, you know, could be groundbreaking. But, I mean, this is this is also, too, the type of stories we have been getting, you know, in little tidbits. Timbits. How Canadian am I? <laughs> in little tidbits regarding. I like Timbits. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I haven't been to Tim Hortons in a week, man. I'm, I'm dying right now. Oh, that's a thing? I just thought it was me. Is no. Timbits a thing? Timbits are a thing. They're the. What do you call oh. the little. You know, you have the donut with the hole. A mini in the donut? No, the. A donut the, hole. The piece that goes in the, in the middle. The hole. Is, is called a Timbit. I love it. Yeah. In the U.S., we're called holes. <clears throat> Up there, they're Timbits. I love it. Yeah. This is comedy. I'm turning red. This is great. This is all material. Oh, I need, need to write this down. Anyways, to, please. You need to cross the border a little bit more. But but nonetheless, <sighs> nonetheless, this is what we call a, one of those tidbits that will never, ever be proven. We're going to get a lot of hearsay on it. It's all going to be anecdotal evidence. Uh, Kit Green is not going to say a thing about it. You know, and uh, I, this is one of those that you, you can believe. But whether or not it's anything will ever come to fruition, this is another one of those stories that will likely just fall to the wayside and be forgotten within a month here. Right. But they became lifelong friends, and it seems like this story may have never come up again. And it seems a bit ironic. And so 
Um, you know, was he joking or was he not joking? The topic seems pretty serious, but again, um, my interest lies more in the intention behind the story because, um, you know, this at some point was published. And so, you know, Stahl mentions the storage of extraterrestrial biomaterial at Reed and refers to it as tissue samples, quote unquote. And tissue samples are cells or pieces of tissue removed from an organism for examination, right? And so the flesh of an alien certainly would have abnormalities, right? And storage would have to be set up accordingly. Um, And so that kind of setup would be pretty massive for a storage facility to have potentially for something that's slightly unexpected, you know, unpredictable. Um, but even Dr. Stahl's son came forward later and kind of spoke to the, you know, the credence of this story. So, you know, there's definitely a lot to it. I recommend people go out and read this and gather some data on it themselves because there's starting to be a little bit of a tide of information coming on this. And wouldn't it be interesting if somehow we were able to leak back to some sort of data or documents that could be pulled forward and shown to Congress? Wouldn't that be great? if we had genetic material that we could show to Congress, that would sure change the, t- the tone, I think. Well, you, you know what? That's one of those things that will be pushed in behind. It really is, unfortunately, man. You know, I and I hate to keep hyping on this, but I don't have a lot of expectations after what the Navy did. We talked about the Navy last week, you know, getting all rough and gruff with the UFO world that they and the government that they weren't giving any more videos and they weren't going to participate anymore. You know, this is this is what I'm talking about. You know, we we're going to get a little snippets like this and we're not going to get anything else. That's just right. But don't forget, we do have Gary Nolan who is searching this out, you know, pretty actively. But how much can Gary Nolan say? Okay, let for the great work that Gary Nolan does. And Gary Nolan, I think, you know, when he was starting to get hyped up a couple of months ago as the real brains of and, and brawn of disclosure, I really do believe, man. That, you know, with him getting involved with the Galileo project and and getting in tune with everything, I really do believe that Gary is going to do what's best for the entire what he feels is best for the entire subject. And a lot of that is not going to be made public. It's going to go into the hands of of uh, the Galileo Project. It's going to go into the hands of the United States government and military, and that's where it's going to go. Even though he's kind of hinting at pop, potentially public hearings that include witnesses coming forward how, in the public yeah, hearings. But how many witnesses do you need? How many? We could do an eyewitness show just like Gary Nolan. We could do that. What are we going to get? 100,000? 200,000 people listening? Okay. But present to Congress directly. That, I think that would, that would have um, you know, some pretty good weight. But how much, how much of that will be made public? Oh, I see what you're saying. The, the, yeah. Right? And, and, who are, and who are you going to get? Are you going to get Chris Bledsoe? 
Are you going to get Eric Mitchell? Are you going to get Calvin Parker? Are you going to get Travis uh, Walton? Right. Or is it going to be... No, it would be all military. Or is it going to be all military? Is it going to be uh, people in this community who have had uh, maybe skewed reputations regarding their their stories uh, that seem to be very connected with those who we cannot trust? Okay. Is it going to be Elizondo? Is it going to be Cahill? Because they've got some stories that they need to tell publicly. All right. I think, you know, Kevin Day would be great. And and let's also consider, you know, Gary Nolan, I believe, was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, right? He didn't win, but I believe he was nominated this year. I mean, he's doing massive work, groundbreaking work. People are paying attention. Maybe it wasn't for this, but he was still nominated, which I find interesting. Oh, we're, we're not talking with somebody who's dumb here. Gary Nolan could, if my, my problem with Gary Nolan right now, and maybe I'm wrong, but this is just what I see from the outside. I'm not comfortable with somebody who could break this story wide open on a scientific scale, being involved with Galileo, which means you're involved with the government. I don't like how all of these scientists have turned their back on ufology. I really don't. I find it very uncomfortable. And I believe our audience should find it just as uncomfortable too. All right. When you go down that list of who's of the who's who on the Galileo project, if this was about disclosure, if this was about humanity, we don't need Chris Mellon on that list. We don't need Sean Cahill on that list. We don't need Luis Elizondo on that list. We don't need other skeptics like Seth Stoshak on that list. We don't need many people who have their ties to alphabet agencies within the U.S. government on that list. Galileo, to me, I don't even care if we ever interview any of them. Okay, whether it's Avi Loeb, I mean, I would love to. I would love to. I know Grant Baker's talking to Avi Loeb this weekend. We'd love to have them on because there's questions that need to be asked. However, however, how can we trust these scientists who are jumping on board with this but are still tied to U.S. government and military projects? That doesn't bode well for ufology and humanity. We talked about right. it last week where, Tim, we have very few people holding up this entire subject for $7.75 billion. Okay? And, right. one, and once again, this is a story that will affect every race, sexuality, religion, whether you're, you're living in the jungles of Africa or Brazil or India or whether you are living in the concrete jungles of any uh, first world country. It's going to affect every single person, and they don't care. They're caring about themselves. They're caring about the technology. They're caring about the Nobel Prize, you know, because apparently Avi believes that he could win a Nobel over this. Well, that makes him an instant millionaire. Okay? If you if you want it so bad, why involve the government? 
Is it because of the money? The research money that you're going to get? What's it about? Something stinks here. I can't put my finger on it, but I can tell you right now, I don't trust it. I don't. Right. Right. And so I know in my personal research, um, I am privy to sensors that are being used and I'm trying to duplicate them. And with those sensors, I get data that may be sensitive. I may film something that is sensitive, right? It's nice to have people that can vet my stuff before I go public with it. Because I definitely don't want to be the guy that shows film of something that I shouldn't be, right? And so if Avi is networking that way as well, using a team of people with the kind of cameras that he's using, I don't even know, right? Um, and so he, although he's saying that he's not using satellite ga- gathering data, maybe privy to it. If he finds something interesting, he may be able to corroborate it that way. And so maybe part of his networking team is part of that okay. data but, gathering. But we just talked last week how Avi Loeb, who is not a UFO expert, debunked within an hour what was happening in Ukraine. How was he able to do that? Okay. Yeah. And why would you go to Avi Loeb rather than a true UFO hunter who has seen the films, who has seen everything, okay, who has documented evidence, why wouldn't you go to that person? You yeah. know why? Because because the U.S. has millions upon millions, well, they're in the billions now of donations to Ukraine, whether you agree with it or not, okay? They have billions of dollars invested in this proxy war over there on Team Ukraine. And trust me, I am Team Ukraine, being Ukrainian myself in heritage. Well, uh, perhaps he was making an educated guess. He made this in an hour, right? So maybe this was more of his, um, maybe this was just his way of saying, I don't want to observe other people's data. If asked, um, I can give you my honest opinion. It's my gut feeling. It's probably this because it's a, you know, this is during war and, you know, it could have been more of an assumption because I know he made it drawn on his assumption that things moving through our atmosphere would burn up. And so we would see flames around some of these articles. They wouldn't appear as dark shadow shapes. So that analysis kind of leads me to believe it was made maybe quickly, but also maybe as a knee jerk reaction to the war in itself. And he doesn't want to get too involved. I don't know if he was asked to select this case in particular or if this is when he selected on his own. But his analysis of it, I feel, was perhaps partially just his opinion, just as the topic is not tasteful. He spat it out with a very quick um, and abrupt response. Uh, or, or maybe he conferred with his team and he got inside information and he's you know privy to data we don't know. Um, you know, publicly he had said that he wasn't going to use other people's data in his analysis of this topic, but who knows? I mean, who, who really knows? These could be potentially questions that could be put forward this weekend. He seems like a genuine approachable guy. And so maybe Grant will put some of this to him. Well, we'll soon see because look, man, this, this is, you know, this is upsetting me. It really is. And we are in a a very, very, uh, you know, in my opinion, ufology is in its own little proxy war right now 
a, a proxy war of truth. And Tim, I mean, we've talked about, you know, both on and off the air about about the information that is that is coming through and the information that is not getting through and how do we get it out and what do we do to get it out? Because in the end, you know, everybody wants proof. Everybody wants to be able to to go after and say they got that information. They got that that uh, that that story, that video, that confirmation. Okay. Well, normally what's happening here now is instead of doing our own work, we've turned it over to what does the U S government have to say about this? What, what, what do those people have to say? Whether it's, whether it's from Skinwalker or whether it's from Elizondo himself. Okay. Because we all want that, that next person up on the, on the ladder to give us the green light. Humanity is like that. We're always trying to please someone. But when it comes to this, man, I don't think we're, we're seeing anything truthful. I really don't. And to me, that that is very bothersome on this entire topic. And I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be negative about it. I'm not trying to be negative at all. However, you, the, the public who has a right to know about what is going on with this subject does not have the right to the amount of, and I wish I could swear here, but I'm going to use the term BS, that we are continually filled with. That's not what this is about. That's not what what we deserve, okay? You look at Lily Nova, who we just had on the air earlier in the show. Great guest. Fantastic guest. Great guest. Fantastic, And, and I agree with you on that one, okay? There's a young lady who has, in the last two years, had her entire life turned upside down because Join of the UFOs yeah. and ET contact. Okay? All because she yeah. was trying to take some pictures of the Milky Way. Okay? And somebody is supposed to tell her that what she is seeing is not true? Somebody is supposed to tell her that what she is, is up to is is not right? or is not proper, right? How do we do that? How do we lie to people about that? She just wants answers. It's all she wants, right? right? Just like yeah. you want with what happened with what you and your family eyewitnessed as we got about 45 seconds to go here. Yeah, man. And I'll just circle things up with that is what got me out doing independent research. You know, and it's the same thing that Ben Hansen has been preaching with the great cases that he's breaking and all the other independent researchers that are out there, it's about the independent research and putting it out publicly for everyone. So, I mean, that's really it. Uh, you know, I appreciate the, um, you know, Galileo project and some of these bigger projects. And I think that they we can, you know, use them as an example um, of how to search for it. But the part that they lose us on is the transparency. And that's where we have to exceed. And so... Let's keep getting things out in the public. Let's keep our eyes on cameras on the skies. And um, next time you're out in the forest, take um, a psionics camera with you so that you can film Bigfoot well, for well, all of well, us. Well, you have the pull there with the psionics company. You got to hook us up. Yeah. You got to hook us up. Little Timmy Everyone Senor. should have one. Great UFO report. I only know we only got to one topic tonight, but we'll talk to you in a couple nights' time to get to a couple more. We really do appreciate it. 
We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, Spreaker, LGAP, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us, because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night, Mr. Bumblefoot. We need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. Good night.